If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. iPods and Android and whatever you have, and take and go to uh, Hebrews chapter eleven. Began a series last week called "Opportunity Knocks, But Faith Opens Doors." And uh, what we're going to do is just cover. Um, I'm going to give you just a little preview or a recap, that is, of, of last week, things we covered. But if you happen to have the Bible app um, from version on your phone, you can click on there and then find the live button. Click on the live button and search One Cause Church, and I have some notes for you to conveniently follow by if, you're, if you so choose. Uh, but I do encourage you to either do that or write some things down today. This is, this is uh, going to help you and um, help your life be stronger, help you go further. Because that's what the Word of God does. It's a powerful force. It's living and it's powerful. And it is the answer for every man and every dimension of man, spirit, soul, and body. And so grab a hold of these truths today so that you can take them into your life, meditate on these things, chew on it, if, if you will, and uh, receive the benefits of its nourishment. I want to say uh, welcome to all of you who are here for the very first time at One Cause Church. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're probably like a lot of us were when we were on our way out here for the first time. We thought we'd never get here. And, uh, you know, because it's a church out on a country road on the back part of a pasture. Matter of fact, years ago, we did an Easter egg hunt at Myers Park just just, uh, north of here. And I drove by this property, and there was another church here at the time. And I said to myself, I actually said it out loud, who in the world would have church in that building? It's so far out of the way. Little did I know that God was planning for me to be there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he heads to the last laugh, I reckon. But uh, anyway, here we are, and thank you for, for being here. And I'm glad you found it, and uh, hopefully that you, you experience an amazing thing today. You experience God in a, in a new and refreshing way, in a powerful way, an impactful way. And... Uh, we also want you to know that we always have a seat here for you if you choose to make this your home. We'd love to have you. Yeah. All right. Have you found Hebrews chapter 11? All right. Well, l- before we go to verse 8, we covered a f- the first few verses of this chapter last week. And a couple of things I just want to remind you of. Number one, faith is your reality. Faith is your reality. As a Christian, it is the life that you now live. The scripture says that the just shall live by faith. It also says that we walk by faith. It is the living reality of the believer. Amen. And it's how that we are attached to the supernatural power of God. It's how that we even come into the kingdom of God is through faith. The scripture says, by grace are you saved through faith. Grace was God's part. Faith was your part. And when they met in the middle, supernatural, miraculous things happened. A new birth took place. You became a new creation. You became born all over again. That's an extraordinary thing. And then God continues to work miraculously through your everyday life by grace through faith. All right? It's a a wonderful partnership. And um, he has so blessed us with this grace that Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll take that over anything else any day. That's good news. That's what I love about the gospel. It's called the good news. It's good news. It's the best news that you'll ever hear, actually, that Christ died for our sins 
He was buried and he rose again the third day. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. That is good news. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no but. You better toe the line. You better keep it right. I used to hear that kind of preaching all the time. Then I found out that wasn't in the scriptures. That all I could do was believe. That was my only attachment. It's the only way I could receive this great grace was by faith, not by works. Amen. Now, works are good. They are the product of my faith in God, but they are not what qualify me for this kingdom. It's sonship being born all over again. Wow, that was a long way to say faith is your reality. And the next thing was faith changes your story. It says, for by it or by faith, the elders obtained a good report. The elders are all of our fathers of faith, those guys that we read about in the Old, the Old Testament and everybody that follows, that it changes your story because you were a sinner, but by faith now in God, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So God doesn't hold that against you. Matter of fact, he doesn't even remember it. He chose not only to forgive you, but to forget your sin, that is extraordinary to me because we like the phrase, I can forgive, but I can't forget. In other words, I'm sort of forgiving you, right? I'm, I'm not going to let this one go, but I'll, I choose to forgive you. But God says, I forgive and I forget. So that every time we approach his throne of grace, it's like a brand new experience. It's amazing. Faith changes your story. Faith helps you understand the power of words. Because the scripture says here in verse 3 of, of 11, it says, For by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It gives us understanding. How does it give us the, the understanding of the power of words? Because we're made in his image. That, that, so what that tells us is our words create. Our words frame our world that we live in. All right? So if you don't like the world that you're living in, your situation, say new things. Frame your world with the word of God. Amen. Amen. And experience all of its power and benefits. Words build, words create, but words also destroy. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The next thing we talked about was faith moves you to give generously. Faith moves you to give generously. Um, and Katie tweeted, live to give and give to live. And was talking about the great missionary Wayne Myers, who that's his whole life story is giving and giving and giving and all the extraordinary things that have happened to his life. Great example of somebody who truly lives it. But it says, faith by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It makes your giving excellent. It's powerful. When you walk by faith, you don't want to be stingy. It just takes that right out of you. Amen. Makes a giver out of grabbers. Faith supersedes natural law. We saw that by faith, Enoch walked with God. Enoch pleased God, and he was no more. He did not see death. Wow. Enoch did not see death. He was walking one day, and God took him. See, when somebody dies today, we say God took him. But I'd like this kind of taking actually better. Right? We, I like this better. God took him and he didn't see death. Amen. All right? So the scripture says it's appointed for man to die once and then the judgment. But, appoint, but apparently that law didn't apply to Enoch because he walked by faith. He lived in this realm that supersedes natural laws. Amen. Amen. See, you don't have to be governed by natural laws only. Yeah. 
Now, you should obey the laws of the land. Yes, I'm not talking about that. But faith launches you into this realm of anything is possible. Faith pleases God, for without faith it is impossible to please him. And then the last thing we talked about is faith is deliverance or salvation for you and your family. The scripture says that by faith Noah prepared an ark, prepared an ark for the saving of him and his household. And that is the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. The apostle Paul experienced this. Peter experienced this when they began to preach this, this beautiful gospel, give the good news, and that it was to you and your house. See, God wants you and your family and your family in his kingdom, and your in, his, in heaven. He wants all of you in his family. Are you hearing me? All right? So you need to believe. If, you've, if you're experiencing something different than that, hold on to that promise. Grab a hold of that and declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Because God wants your family saved better, more than you do. He loves them more than you do. Amen. And that is his ultimate plan for all of us to come to God. All right, let's get into some new things now. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. Everybody all right? Yeah. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to, the, out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing. Everybody say not knowing. He went out not knowing where he was going. I kind of feel like that just about every day of my life. That's why I marry her married her because uh, she just kind of tells me where I'm going and what I'm doing now. All right, for the last almost 18 years, I've come to depend on her telling me where I'm going. And I appreciate that, Heather. By faith, he went out not knowing where he was going. When you hear God say something, many times he's just going to tell you the beginning. Yeah. All right? And he's going to, he just told Abraham, get up, get out of your house. Well, that's easy for you to say, God, up there in heaven, while I'm down here on earth, 75 years old. That's not time to get up and get out. That's time to sit down, right, and retire. But he told him at the age of 75, he's a well-established in his community. He's there with his family, and God says, get up and get out of your father's house. I'm taking you to a land, and Abraham got up and went out, not knowing where he was going except by faith. Yeah. The first thing that we understand from this piece of scripture that can help all of us is faith knows, even when you don't know. Yeah. Faith is this confident expectation. It's this assurance. It's this knowing. It's action taken based on information received from a reliable source. And God is the most reliable source that you could look to. The scripture says that it's impossible for him to lie. He can be trusted then. If he can't lie, then you can trust everything that he says before it makes sense to you. Right? But by faith, you know it to be true. By faith, you experience the power of that promise. By faith, you experience the power of that command. Abraham obeyed. He just started moving. He didn't know where he was going, but all he knew was God told me to do it. Right? God told me to go, so that's what I'm doing. And many times, when, when the Lord gives you direction, that's, that's where you're just going to have to put it all on him and say, Father, I'm going, but I don't know where I'm going. The apostle Paul was called by Jesus to go preach to Gentiles, which is 
99.9, I think, percent of the world. All right? I mean, Israel's like this. It's a spot on the map. So he's basically called this guy. I mean, he told Peter, James, and John, and all those guys to go into all the world. Well, in their minds, that, that meant the Jewish world. Until God opened Peter's eyes in Acts chapter 10 and showed him that it includes everybody through that guy Cornelius. And Peter said, of a truth, I perceive God does not, is no respecter of persons. Things have changed, right? But Paul was commissioned to the Gentiles. So Paul began on this journey. He didn't know where he was going except he was heading towards some Gentiles. That's all he knew to do. So he ended up in one city and the Holy Spirit said, no, not there. So then him and little Timothy Freshly circumcised Timothy, mind you, riding on a beast of burden, experiencing great discomfort. They show up at the next city, and the Holy Spirit said, no, not here. So then they finally end up going to another city, and that's when he saw the vision. A man from Macedonia saying, come over and help us, and then they went over west and went over to Philippi. And that's why Western civilization is what it is, because the gospel started there. Well, interesting he didn't know where he was going. This is the Apostle Paul to the nations who wrote most of the New Testament, and yet he's wandering about like he has no idea what's going on. He just knows that God has told him to do something. See, you don't have to know at all. All you have to know is that you need to obey God, is that God has said it, therefore that's all I need to know. Because the truth is, God knows. God knows. He, he sits from a heavenly perspective. He sees all things as they are. He knows the beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. So then that way you can know by trusting him that it doesn't matter what you know in the natural. It doesn't matter what you experience here. You're not limited to that. Hallelujah. Faith. Say this with me. Faith knows even when I don't know. Hallelujah. I was, when I was youth pastor at this church years ago when we were downtown McKinney, um, we had, I had a friend who's a youth pastor out in Sulphur Springs and he brought his youth group over uh, one night and so we had, a, we had a joint meeting together, had a lot of fun that night. Well, after I finished preaching, I was, I was uh, inviting the kids to come up if they had any prayer needs or anything like that. And uh, so this boy is walking toward me, and he's from my friend's youth group, and, um, he's, and, and as soon as he started approaching me, I saw myself, I just saw a little flash, point my finger at him and say, flying planes. I thought, okay, that's weird. But I didn't do anything about it. I just saw it just for a second. And he came forward, and he was, you know, asked for some help. Uh, he was struggling in school or something. He was about a 14-year-old kid. And so I, I was praying for him. I said, I said, man, I gotta ask you something. I said, what do you wanna do when you grow up? He said, I wanna be a pilot. I said, man, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that, but I didn't know it. Are you hearing me? Faith knows even when you don't know. And so, and, and, and the way that you experience more knowledge is by receiving his word by faith, by simply believing God. All right? Paul prayed uh, that scripture today that, that was read by Lisa, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ would be yours. Amen. Let's look at verse 9. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac 
and Jacob, the heirs with him, that is his son and his grandson, with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Think about this. Abraham never got to see the city. He never got to see the city that was promised to him. That, he, that the Lord had instructed him. But he knew the land, and he knew the land was given to him. God told him, look as far as you can, from the north, the south, the east, to the west. Whatever you see, I'm giving it to you. As a matter of fact, I want you to walk over every piece of this ground. Wherever your foot goes, it's yours. All right? So Abraham camped is what he did. He lived in tents. And it's interesting that it says that him and Isaac and Jacob were all inheritors of that same promise. The, the next thing we all need to understand today, I want you to write this down, faith gives you vision that continues beyond your lifetime. Faith gives you vision that continues beyond your lifetime. That is that you live your life in such a way that it is a legacy that is continually passed down. It goes on living long after you're gone. Hmm? Your walk of faith, your life of faith is not your own. It is to be demonstrated to those following you, namely your children. It really starts in your own house. God's testimony of Abraham was, I know Abraham, he will command his children. That is, he's going to pass down to the next generation what I'm giving him. The vision that he sees is one for generations to come. And see, you and I are all a product of that because the scripture says that we are all now children of Abraham. Isn't that wonderful? That, that legacy is still being passed down today, that legacy of faith. So it helps you see. Faith gives you a vision that extends, that goes beyond your own lifespan. Years ago, there was a teenage boy who had... Uh, got his hand stuck in a farming implement trying to unjam the device. And when he did, uh, the machine caught his hand and it shoved his fingers down into the palm of his hand, just, just right, down, right into his palm. And it was excruciating. And so they, they, they finally were able to loosen his hand from, from that implement and got him to the hospital. But to no avail, he lost his hand. They had to actually remove his hand and even up, up part of his arm. And uh, as time went by, he kept complaining that his right hand, which did not exist, hurt. He kept saying, my hand hurts. And he would point in the area that was space. My hand hurts. But there was nothing they could do. They gave him all kinds of, you know, tried different kinds of medication, pain medications, even different kinds of pain therapy. And nothing seemed to work for the poor kid. Until finally, he came in contact with this doctor slash scientist who was an Indian man who um, told him that the pain that you sense in the hand is in the same vicinity in the brain as the, as, as the control of your eyes. So, and he thought, if I can just get him to see what he needs to see, the pain can go away. So he constructed this box, this doctor constructed this box and put these mirrors in this box. And so once he got it all done, then he told the young man, he said, I want you to, I want you to put, uh, clench your fist and I want you to put both of your arms into this box. So when he did, he looked in and by that mirror reflection, by the mirror image, it looked like he had a right hand and a left hand. 
So then the doctor told him, he said, now, while you're watching, keep your eyes on, on your fist and slowly begin to open that, that hand. And as that boy watched his hand open, in his eyes, his right hand open, the pain went away. Fixed him. You can't see what's ahead of you. You can't see that future that's out there. But by faith, you're tapped into that which you hope for. It is the substance of what you're looking for. It's the, it's the evidence of things that aren't seen. It gives you this perspective that you cannot have in the natural. It's a panoramic view, if you will. A, 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 it's an unobstructed view. It, has, it knows exactly what it's looking at. It can see Without seeing. Faith in God is experience and it causes you, see, to look beyond where you are, to look beyond even your own life and see the coming generations. We got to keep ourselves mindful of that, otherwise, we self implode. Otherwise, we become all about self and we forget why we're here that by the nature of God, we are givers. God so loved that He gave. Amen. So we see that our lives are here for just a moment. And while we are here, we must do everything we can for the succeeding generations. Are you with me? You should be amening better because I'm preaching really good right now. But that's okay. For the, my father is a visionary and uh, sometimes to a fault. <clears throat> but I love it. I love that he's always looking ahead. I love that he's always seeing what's down the road and always what's possible and the opportunities. He's tried to make me experience, or not tried to, he's made me experience many opportunities that I didn't see, nor did I desire. <laughs> but I'm a better man for it today. But one thing that he, he helped me understand about leadership, I mean, we, we live in an age right now where leadership is, is over-talked about. I mean, there's all kinds of books on it and, you know, there's all kinds of things about, about leadership. But here's, here's the thing that I love about my dad uh, concerning church, concerning church leadership. One of the common phrases is that you get asked is if, if you're in ministry or, or something along those lines is they'll, they'll ask you what you're about, but then they'll follow it by saying, who's your covering? In other words, who are you submitted to, right? right? Who's your covering, and my, my, my father always said, we're not, leaders are not ceilings, leaders are floors. And we push others up. They stand on our shoulders, the next generation. We don't hover over them and control them. We free them to be them and to go up higher, to be stronger. See, I expect my children to have a better life than me because I am under them, pushing them up. And I expect my grandchildren to experience even greater because we are about, our vision goes beyond our own life. The, the, the very house of God, is, its foundation is laid and it's written. The apostles' names are etched in that foundation and Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. He's not the ceiling, he's the floor, hallelujah, which we stand on. And we are all, we are all stones in this house placed there strategically by God himself. The scripture says that he, he puts members in the body as he pleases. It pleases him to make you a part of what he is building. Amen. So that when you become part of that, then you understand your purpose then is to help 
keep building. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We haven't received any new news that God stopped building. As far as we know, the great carpenter is still building that church. I just want to make sure, and we all need to make sure that we're on the same construction site. We're not building something that's not of God, but that we are with him in his purpose and that we understand that we are all stones in this house. Hallelujah. And we're looking forward to greater days, greater things. Amen. Faith gives you vision that exceeds, that goes beyond, continues beyond your lifetime. I love that. And let's look at verse 11, Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She, by faith, received strength to conceive seed. Let me remind you, she was 90 years old. She, by faith, everybody say by faith. She received strength to conceive seed. Faith bears fruit in barrenness. Faith bears fruit in barrenness. I love that. That she was not able, she had been barren all of her life, but now she's old and barren. That's doubly barren. But now, by faith, she receives strength to conceive seed. Years ago, when my dad was pastoring out in West Texas, there was a young lady who came up for prayer at the end of the service right after he had preached, and she came up to him red-faced and tears streaming down her face. She said, Pastor John, I got it, I got it, I got I got it, I got it. He said, what did you get? And she said, I got it. I understand faith now. I get it. See, my dad's been known to preach faith every week. <laughs> Mark chapter 11, verse 22 says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. I love that. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the... Then he demonstrated us what faith in God looks like, and it's pretty ridiculous. Have faith in God. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed. Wow. And be cast into the sea. And does not that see it? Don't you love Jesus? He's limitless in the way he talks to us. He yeah. believes that anything is possible if you'll just believe. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed. We're the ones that go, yeah, but, uh-huh, mm, I got to reason that out. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But if, right? He just says these statements and says, deal with that. <laughs> right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. What Jesus said, just said right there is, all other religions of the world are a lie. I am it. Deal with that. <laughs> I love it. Mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that whatever he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, whatever things you desire, whatever things you desire, listen to the language of this, whatever things. Doesn't sound like there's any limits on that. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Those are the words of Jesus Christ himself. God, who has become man, uttered those very words. He was preaching a message something like that. And she said, I got it, I got it, I got it. Well, see, she had had five miscarriages, was not able to carry a baby to full term. 
And this day, she said, this is different today. I know it now. I know it. I understand it. I understand that God is on my side and God wants me to be healthy. God wants me to have babies. I know that's his desire. Because there were some times she began struggling because the situations weren't working out. She started thinking that maybe it was because of something she had done. And this was a judgment on her. Now this day she saw the truth. And she said, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he said, well, good. But he's thinking, it's about time. You've been in this church how many years? And you're just now. <laughs> That's pastor's language right there, right? People come in the office for counseling. I'm like, didn't you hear what I said sermon on Sunday? That was your counseling. I'm, I'm going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> Should have taken better notes. I'm joking. Anyway, within the year, Hannah Faith was born her first child, with three more to follow. Faith bears fruit in barrenness. It's kind of the story in the Bible. It's kind of the story of the Bible that <laughs> the Abraham, his wife Sarah, who was barren, had a son. Then his son Isaac marries a woman who is barren, Rebecca, and she has twins, Jacob and Esau. Then his son Jacob marries a woman named Rachel, and she's barren, but by God's grace, she has Joseph and Benjamin. And God is showing us all along the way that if you'll walk by faith, you'll bear fruit in any kind of environment. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the soil looks like. It doesn't matter that it hasn't worked before. By faith, it can and will work. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I love the scripture in Ephesians 6. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith by which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All of them. It didn't say most of them. It said all of them. And most of them is pretty good news, but all of them is fantastic news. <laughs> Hallelujah. You win. What that just said was, by faith you win every time. Yeah. There's no such thing as loss. There's no such thing as, a, a, as losing this deal. This is not a losing battle. That's why we fight the good fight of faith. Right. It's called the good fight of faith because the good fight's the one you win. I don't like talking about the fights I lost. Yeah. I like talking about the ones that I won. Those are the good fights. This barrenness is a lack of ability. Listen, I want you to listen to Isaiah chapter 54 in the message translation. Sing, barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song. You've never, you who've never experienced childbirth, you're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You'll forget all about the humiliations of your youth and the indignities of being a widow will fade from memory. And then God showed us the greatest miracle concerning barrenness. When the angel came and visited a little Jewish girl by the name of Mary, she's definitely barren. She's a virgin. And God allowed her, 
or cause her virgin womb to receive the greatest seed that has ever been sown. The Son of God became the Son of Man in a barren womb. Faith bears fruit in barrenness. For some, barrenness means it's over. It's done. It's finished. But for those who believe, barrenness looks like opportunity. It looks like this. I see potential here. This has, this, as the man said as he was constructing the the mashed potato mountain in Close Encounters, this means something. (laughs) Verse 12, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, say that with me, as good as dead. From that man who was as good as dead were born many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Last thing I want to get to is faith brings abundant life out of that which is dead. He had multitudes, though he was as good as dead, yet multitudes came from him. As a matter of fact, his name means father of a multitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father of multitudes. Isn't that glorious? Go to John 12. We'll finish with this scripture. Him as good as dead became the father of multitudes, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Abundant life comes by faith out of that which is dead. John chapter 12 and verse 20. Let's read. Now, there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and and in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. And the reason Philip went to Andrew was uh, because Andrew didn't have any problem bringing people to Jesus. I mean, he was the one that brought Peter to Jesus and introduced him. He was also the one who brought the little boy with the lunch to feed the 5,000. It's just how Andrew worked. He was the evangelist of the group. He He was the guy who brought people to church came out, so these Greeks came, and the reason they come through the disciples is because that's how, you know, Jesus' leadership worked, but especially when it came to Gentiles, because Jesus, they heard Jesus say, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. His ministry here on the earth was specifically to the Jewish nation, even his healing ministry. There are a few Gentiles that got in on it by faith, but, but it was exclusively meant for the Jews, and, but thank God his blood shed for all of us. But here, they come and they want, they want to have audience with Jesus. Now, I want you to look at verse 24. So, uh, because they come and tell, or 23, I'm sorry. They come to him, but Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verse 24, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Okay, that's nice, Jesus, but these guys want to see you. All right? That's what we're supposed to tell them? Hey, there's some guys here who want to see you. Well, unless a grain of wheat falls... And dies, it's, it dies, it's alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. All right. Anyway, these guys want to see you. <laughs> That's, those stories are funny to me. Uh, but look what Jesus, Jesus is really answering here. And he's saying this. 
I can only do so much, is what he's saying. I can only do so much. I am one man in this earth. Remember when he looked at, at, at Jerusalem at one point and he saw them and as sheep with no shepherd? He couldn't, he couldn't physically reach everybody. He did, he did a lot, but physically, he just couldn't because he, he humbled himself and became a man like us. He, he put on the limitations of a body. Thank God. But look, unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, once that seed, he's telling them, once this seed dies, which is me, I am a, the seed of God, and once I go into the ground and I die, lots of me's coming back. There's lots of me. You're going to see Jesus. You're looking for one man. You're about to see him all over planet earth. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the church of the living God. We who were lost are now sons of God because God sowed his son. He reaped many sons. Now Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. He went from the only begotten son of God to the firstborn among many sons of God. Hallelujah. Woo. I love that. And you can guarantee that when God sows a seed, as he set up in the very beginning, the seed produces after its kind. You can guarantee if he sowed Jesus, he reaped Jesus. That's why you cannot identify yourself with what you look at in the mirror, with what you say and what you, what you do in this world. You have to, by faith, grab a hold of that truth that that which is dead has now been made abundantly alive in Christ. You once were lost, now you found. You were a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. There's no, no such thing as being a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner, now you're saved by grace. Amen. Unless a grain of wheat falls, so the seed dies. And when the seed dies, it produces much grain. And oh man, oh man, did abundant life come screaming out of that tomb that day. And the scripture says in Romans 8 verse 11 that the same spirit, say that loud with me, the same spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and helps you. He brings life quickens your mortal body. He's right here to help you in your mortality as well as in the everlasting life. Amen. So if you die in faith, the truth is that's why death for a believer is really pretty spectacular. Because that's really when you start living, right? I mean, we miss our, our loved ones who have gone on, those who died in faith. But hey, I kind of envy them too. Because they know what life really is right now. That's why we don't weep like those who have no hope. The believer knows that life just starts at that moment that you close your eyes on earth in death. Hallelujah. We win. It takes you from mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruptible, from here today, gone tomorrow, to eternally alive. I love that. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, empowered you, changed you, challenged you, charged you, helped you. Faith knows even when you don't know. Faith gives you vision that continues beyond your lifetime. Faith bears fruit in barrenness, and faith brings abundant life out of that which is dead. Father, we now take this moment to receive the seed of your word. As your scripture teaches us, Jesus said, the sower 
sows the word. And the word has been sown here today. And I pray, God, that hearts would receive it with thanksgiving, with faith, so that they can experience what that seed produces. All of the life and goodness and blessing of God are found in his word, in his promises. If you're here today, every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. And you say, Pastor Eric, I, you're talking about this faith and all the things about it, but I haven't even taken the first step of faith, which is to believe that Christ died for my sins and that he was buried and he rose again. I've never accepted his gift of salvation. I've never surrendered my heart to him. But today I want that. I want him. And I want all that he brings, all that good stuff you're talking. I want to live that kind of powerful life. If that's you and you say, that's, I'm here today and I need God. I don't know him. I'm away from him. But I need him, and I'm surrendering my heart to him today. Can I just see just a hand come up? I want to pray for you. This is a great moment right here. God loves you. His grace abounds to you. He's on your side. He did everything he could to ensure that you, you could have life and that more abundantly. All he says is, believe. I've done all the work. Just believe. Just believe. Is that you? Say, that's me, Pastor Eric. I, I need to... I want to be saved today. I want to know that when this life is over, that life really begins. I need that reality in my life. I need to know that. Or maybe you're here and you're like the prodigal son. You've, you've walked away from your father's house. You know him, but you've chosen a different path. You've chosen the, to go the other way and to not experience that everyday communion with him. And you found yourself in trouble and you've made decisions that have taken you down dark, dark paths into dark places. But your father loves you and he's waiting for you and he still calls to you to say come back come home and if you can identify with that guy if that's you say pastor Eric, that's me i need prayer i want to come back to the father's house all right just just slip your hands so i can pray for you i can see you just between me and you and god here yeah all right all right good good father i thank you right now for these who are coming home today lord i just pray right now for grace and peace be multiplied to them in Jesus' name. Father, that you always have your arms open to us. You have, by Christ, accepted us. You have loved us with an everlasting love. Before we ever even showed up, before time ever began, you loved us, and you will love us forever. Bless these as they, as they make this heart commitment today to come back to God and to all his fullness. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.